viewpoint, opinion, and perspective shared on Jerry Unfiltered is a culmination of over 20 years of personal experiential knowledge and research into the unification of science and consciousness called quantum morphogenetic physics, which is a paradigm-shifting, disruptive science not taught in the mainstream public educational systems. The intention of Jerry Unfiltered is simple, to awaken, to be aware, and to be able to reclaim the original, perpetual life, human potential. Don't say you want me, don't say you need me, don't say you love me, it's understood. Don't say you're happy, out there without me, I know you can't be, cause it's no good. Welcome to uh, another edition of Jerry Unfiltered Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to take you down a rabbit hole like you've never in your life. Uh, I'm going to introduce you, if you guys don't know my guest today, my guest today is Robert Slovak. If you don't know who he is, he is one of the world's top experts in water. Uh, not just water, but water filtration, molecular hydrogen, deuterium depletion. But we're really not going to talk about that today. If you want to hear Robert's expertise and knowledge about water, you can go to other podcasts, i.e. Luke Story, uh, Ben Greenfield. But today, we're going to uh, talk about other topics. But I want to introduce you to Robert. He's not just a mentor to me. He's a mentor to everyone, let's just face it. But not only is he my friend, but he is my brother from another mother, Robert Slovak. How you doing, buddy? Good afternoon. Um, we've been waiting a long time to oh, try this. Yeah, we've been waiting and almost a year. Yeah, with a little apprehension. Yep. Uh, because you and I are capable of rattling some cages that <laughs> don't like getting rattled. Okay. And, um, it's amazing how we are quite aligned in our conclusions about what's going on in our reality. And I think everybody who's listening to this, their reality has gotten shaken up, perhaps for many of you, the most that it's ever gotten shaken up in your lifetime. Correct. Okay. Everything's kind of slid along and we have ups and downs, but this, we know that we can flop into a new dimension as a result of what's going on right now. Uh, Correct. Socially, mm -hmm. uh, medically, uh, politically, uh, almost every Lee is getting disturbed and um, we have to handle it. And we know that there's a record number of suicides, a record number of, of, of abuse is going on in families. I mean, it's just really shaking humanity. Absolutely. Uh, and and I, I can't imagine like what's going on. We, we live in a comfortable country, okay? We're relatively shielded from daily ills of having to walk 14 miles for water or, or not owning a pair of shoes or having to uh, uh, use the outside world as your bathroom. We, we don't know that. 
And I can't imagine them experiencing what we're experiencing on top of their, their difficult lives already. So um, I have, as you know, all of you are at my 75th birthday yes. in San Diego, thanks to the very generous Tracy Dews, who hosted it at her beautiful home. And um, it was just one of the joyful experiences of my life. Certainly the best birthday I've ever had. Yeah. And I don't think I had a birthday for 25 years, maybe. I don't know. But this was the coolest birthday anybody could have. And people got to comment on what they thought of me and their experience and so on. So it was really neat. And um, uh, that birthday was also very revealing in this time of the coronavirus. Yes. And uh, it brought a lot of kinds of people together and shared our experiences, our fears, etc. So we're going to tackle this. Yes, we are. We're going to go down the rabbit hole. Um, perhaps some of the audience won't like us as much as they may enjoy hearing us now. Well, I think they're going to get to know they're the real to know Robert Slovak, yeah. Robert Slovak, and the real Jer, real quick. Yeah. We've known each other for quite a while. How many years have we known each other? Would you say eight to ten? I'd say uh, you're wrong. It's been like uh, we're in 2020. I'd say over ten years. Around. I heard you talk first. In Venice? Well, no is not to know. I mean, you may have known of me, but didn't know me. I mean, I didn't know you right. until we met in Venice. Remember that mm -hmm. talk you gave yeah. in that church? But where else did we meet occasionally? No. <laughs> yeah. That was fun, too. That was fun, too. Yeah. Um, one of the, so I, where I was going is on my 75th birthday, I made a commitment to myself to, to, you know, uh, as corny as it may sound, to help save humanity as I see it. And that's really what's driving me. I'm devoting my, more of my time to alerting people to what I believe I know. And based upon my experience, what's going on, I, I, and, and I, I want to do it in two realms. One is the health realm, yep. which I've embraced for the last 20 years. Mm. I want to help everyone with their health because things aren't going well and I'm going to actually talk about some of the things right. that you can do we're going to go over a few health things lightly mm -hmm. just get through it so you know where our heads are at regarding what you can do that doesn't cost a lot of money uh, and then we're going to talk about what I need to uh, embrace in terms of activism things that I think are the worst things that are going on and that humanity has to face. Well, let's start. Let's, okay, let's so, start. So here's some things that I really, I can't tell you how important these things are. And they are things, and it's unfortunate for me that I've learned these fairly late in life. Mm -hmm. Okay? One of them is early morning sun. Which we both do. I cannot tell you the benefits of early morning sun. Very simply, the wavelength of light which we can put in a category of red light. It's often referred to or near-infrared light. Uh, and it is, has a certain nanometer wavelength, is very 
uh, health inducing because it's able to penetrate your body's uh, skin and program the water and your body fluids to your benefit and helps organize the molecules of water. I'm just putting this very simply, even a little unscientifically. So how long, how long do you think in the morning? Well, I mean, look, minimally, here's what I do. I'll just tell you what I do. Uh, I, I happen to be fortunate enough to live uh, on a harbor on the 12th floor and the sun comes up right in the middle of my balcony. And so here's what I do, because I have a busy life. Yep. I put my feet up so I ex my ex the bottoms of my feet are exposed to the sun, Absolutely. early morning sun. And I, it's ultimate that you actually see the sun come up. Mm -hmm. At this point, for a few minutes, you can look directly at the sun. You won't feel any irritation, etc., etc. And it also has benefits in that realm, which we won't go into. So I put my feet up for 15 minutes. Yep. I then expose as much of my torso as I can for 15 minutes, and then I turn around and expose my back for 15 minutes, yeah. and, and, and that's it. Yeah. So if I have time, if I'm maybe on a weekend, I might do it a little longer, but it's totally changed my own health level. So it's as, as as it does mine, you know. Remember we and we we've only been doing it for maybe a year and yeah, a half, really. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm like so disappointed. I didn't realize. I realized that so many ancient cultures, and I really got it. Revered right. being exposed to the sun. Absolutely. Everything from the Egyptians to the Toltecs, etc. That's early morning sun was a big deal. Okay. And then grounding. You can't. You have to. You have to ground. And. Um, Grounding means exposing uh, the bottoms of your feet mm -hmm. uh, to a moist, uh, conductive part of the land. Uh, I'm not buying the fact you can do this on concrete. I wouldn't waste my time. Certainly you can't do it on asphalt, which is an insulator. Uh, but there has to grass. be grass, fresh ground, dirt. How about sand, beach? Sand also excellent so why do we ground it's because we are depleted in electrons it's kind of a simplistic explanation uh, but our, our bodies become depleted in electrons uh, largely through our own metabolic processes in which we create free radicals and free, free radicals are always looking for electrons to be converted mm -hmm. and they they steal them from our body and we need to replenish them so those those electrons, the earth is a giant reservoir of electrons. One of the people who was first to fully realize this was your and my friend, Te Nikola Tesla. Correct. Okay. And he was able to do things because of his understanding of the electrons in earth, such as communication, transmission of electricity through the earth, or we didn't even need wires. That's another realm and another for another time. Yeah. So grounding. Uh, you need to ground for a half an hour at least. You can sit down in a chair and have your feet on the ground. You can read a book, work on your computer. It's magical. You will, if, if something goes wrong with you and, and like you're not feeling well or you're off, mm -hmm. go ground and you will be, oh my God, I can't believe this simple act that no one's ever told me about in my whole life uh, is able to actually reverse some of the ill feelings we that come over us. Would you ground, say, after sun gazing? Or would you do it another part of the day? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it would be really ultimate to do both at the same time. Uh, but you just, 
So, and, and what are the problems with, with both sun, sun gazing? Sun gazing is kind of another aspect of early morning sun, mm -hmm. meaning, and you should read about it because it is actually about looking at the sun mm -hmm. and, 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 and exposing your retina to this early morning sun frequency. It's a whole nother thing. You have to know a little more. And other just early morning sun is just exposing your, your, the surface of your skin. Uh, Did you hear about that chick that is uh, perineum gazing? When she's like naked, uh, that, that chick on Instagram, she oh, yes. does perineum yes. gazing yes. early morning. Yes. What, what do you feel about that? <laughs> I look forward to trying it, okay? Uh, you know, maybe uh, and, and asking her to teach me. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. What else? So I think it's important. I think you can't get enough sun. And, you know, one time... Um, there was uh, Edmund Bordeaux AK. Do you remember hearing that name? Yes. Edmund Bordeaux AK was one of uh, was an expert in languages, and one of them was Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the translators of the um, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls, okay. called the Essene Gospel of Peace. Yep. And the Essenes were a group of um, of uh, I, I guess you'd call them, you know, Israelis that. A part of the um, uh, the Middle East, okay? okay, and they lived above uh, the Dead Sea. Uh, and any of you who have ever visited uh, Israel, you'll notice that above the on the shores of the Dead Sea are are relatively steep hills. Maybe you'd call them mountains. Mm -hmm. And on these plateaus other cultures existed. One of them was the Essenes. Correct. And, and the Essenes, E-S-S-E-N-E-S, -S -E -E interestingly, uh, were never mentioned in the traditional Bible. Right, in the Gospels. They right. were only in the, the, the um, Gnostic Gospels, Gospels yeah. the Dead Sea Scrolls that right. hadn't been really assembled since maybe in, in the 40s they were assembled. Okay. And, and and they were held by the people who lived in there, the sheep herders and so on. And then they were purchased at great expense by the various biblical um, uh, associations mm -hmm. and assembled in, uh, in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And they brought in uh, biblical scholars from all over the world, from every religion. Mm -hmm. And they sat down to take everything from from pieces of metal, the, the, the copper that they were scribed, uh, to pieces of parchment, you know, broken up. And this took, they estimated how, how long will this take? And they said, you know, 15 to 25 years. Mm -hmm. And this was in the 1940s. Wow. So what happened was um, when they started to find out what the Dead Sea Scrolls were saying, right. and a lot of what it was saying was not agreeing with the traditional Bible. Of course not. Okay? And was a lot more mystical. Uh, it was like, well, yeah, it doesn't look like we're going to finish in 25 years. Right. And it looked like some people were started to accuse them, even people on the team, as uh, you guys are stacking the deck here. Mm -hmm. Okay? You're not telling us the whole truth. And then, I'm not sure of the date, but I think it was in the maybe the 70s that one of them 
uh, became a renegade. Mm -hmm. and, and they were all given, all uh, photographically, all the parts of the Dead Sea Scrolls, okay? Right. And, and he unleashed them to the world. And this changed everything. Kind of like what you're, you're going to do today. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like what I'm going to do today. And so the dead, so anyway, Edmund Bardose K translated the, the Essene Gospel of Peace. And uh, he actually lived in San Diego. And he and his wife started the famous, fame, ultra famous Green Door Health Retreat in Escondido. Right. I believe it's still there today. And this was a place that the, uh, you know, the, the very elite would go to, to regenerate and detox, etc. But in the, he, he owned uh, in Boulevard, California, okay. uh, which is on the Mexican border with uh, Tecate. All right. He owned a ranch. And my brother and my brother's friend uh, knew him because he also had a church called the Essene Church. Really? Yes. And so they would go there for the learnings and teachings of the Essene Gospel of Peace. Are you saying what, the 70s, 80s? Uh, in, let's see, so I would say in the, the late 70s. I see. And so they would go to this ranch of his, I'm going to guess it was 150 acres. Wow. And on this ranch, he created an entire like a path of of enlightenment like and a walkway a walkway through the mountains and hills hmm. and this offered everything Im images and information from all the masters of enlightenment from buddha from gotcha. from hindu gotcha. from 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 the mexican toltecs okay and he had, for instance, for the Toltecs, which have a very fascinating history of integrating light and water into health. Yes. Yeah. He, he would have, like, around the pool area, mm. he would have cutouts, like indented maybe two inches, of, of like a human figure, okay? What? As if a silhouette of the human figure, meaning, you know, it was just a dugout thing that if you laid in it, your body would kind of fit in it. Wow, that's and that they crazy. would, the Toltecs would do this. They would fill something in the ground with water, a couple inches, and they would lay in the early morning sun under full exposure in by in contact with the water itself. So you're saying so they were you grounding? And Jack were doing this? We were. Uh, there you go. So they were grounding at, at the same time receiving the light. That's beautiful. That's fantastic. We yeah. should try that. We should do that. Without question. <laughs> so um, beyond that, uh, the Essenes were also known to have been the uh, creators of biodynamic gardening. Really? Yes. Those are the real origins. Not Rudolf Steiner, but the Essenes. I dig it. So they're, they, they, they believed in eating sprouts, okay? Their food in the form of sprouts. They would sprout everything. And don't you remember, um, you know, if you go to the health food store and you buy Essene bread, Ah. Right, you've seen it. It's a very popular brand. It is. And you notice that it says on the Essene bread, flourless. Okay? That's right. So they sprout the grains, then they dry them, and you're just drying using the powder, not the ground up grain, but the powder of the sprouts of the grain. Fantastic. Okay? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it is. 
So that is the way that you, and if you buy the little Essene loaves, mm -hmm. I mean, this is really the best way to go. It's just all just sprouts and lightly baked at very low temperature, heated. That's how they ate it. So in this land, if you read through the rest of the, the, uh, the, the uh, Gnostic Gospels or the Dead Sea Scrolls, you will see that Jesus spent most of his time with the Essenes. Correct. Now, isn't it interesting that the Essenes, that if Jesus spent most of the time with the Essenes, wouldn't you expect that the New Testament would include mention of the Essenes? Yeah. Okay. In, in, in a, in a non-distorted society, absolutely, Robert. And they are not mentioned. I had a, a, a bet uh, with a biblical scholar. I mean, just a bet, like, you know, dinner. Okay. And uh, the biblical... Biblical scholar is a I man. wouldn't say a scholar, but somebody who just knew the Bible and could quote the Bible, etc. And I said, you know, it's interesting. You know who the Essenes are. Oh, you know, of course, they lived on, above the Dead Sea, etc., mm -hmm. etc. Et and, and you can visit that part of the world and, and go up and see where the Essenes lived. And um, they invented not only biodynamic gardening, but many other health principles. And, and I said, you know, isn't it interesting that, that Jesus is known to have spent much of his life with the Essenes and learning with the Essenes, but it would just somehow escape the, uh, it being included in the New Testament. And he goes, oh, no, 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 you don't know it, okay? And we had this bet, and, and he started to look it up, and a few hours later, he came to me and he just went, oh, my God. You just shocked me, because yeah. it's true. And what does that say about the so-called biblical scholar and yeah. his level of education? Precisely, and yeah. so not a lot is known. We know that the Bible has been manipulated in Correct. many ways and, and, and never truly knew the real nature of Jesus, including the fact that he, he obviously, perhaps in many forms, traveled around the world and interfaced and learned perhaps from, from uh, other enlightened people in India and so on. So, okay, we're going to come back from, to, you know, the, the, the grounding we're, and, and, and move on. So another one is that I must say I have not mastered, but I realize how important it is, and that is proper breathing, okay? Mm. I believe breathing is so important that it, like grounding and like light therapy or receiving of photonic energy, especially in the red spectrum, uh, you can almost approach any health need just through breathing. And the Chinese have mastered it. Chinese breathing is phenomenal. I mean, there's books like, like encyclopedias of health conditions and disease, and, and it's all like, here's how you cure them all with just breathing. Yeah, the okay, it's amazing. And one of the people that I was introduced to was Wim Hof, mm -hmm. that uh, I think it's W-I-M uh, and then capital H-O-F. And he has some very interesting information on breathing uh, as a practice to enhance one's health and to treat any conditions that you have. So you, you must look up Wim Hof and, okay. and there's other great guys too. Now another one more inter more um, more derived from nature and observation of animals is that 
you know, when animals become sick or or uh, need to uh, need to improve their endurance, fasting becomes a very important part of it. And uh, we all know fasting for detox, right. but we really only recently have embraced fasting for anti-aging and freedom from chronic disease. Intermittent, right? Fasting. Intermittent fasting. Well, I mean, almost all levels of fasting have a role, yeah. but for this, for this anti-aging aspect, longevity and freedom from chronic disease, intermittent fasting uh, is, uh, should be a part of everyone's, literally most of the week you should be in a state of intermittent fasting. So give an example of how, what your day would be like in like, terms of intermittent Well, let's fasting. say, let's say you, uh, you might like to aspire to reaching a point where you, all of the food you consume, mm -hmm that has any kind of caloric value, metabolic value. And, and this would not include tea. This would not include a beverage, excuse me, <laughs> like water. Okay. Uh, you would like to consume within four to six hours in the, of the day. Okay, no more than six hours. So let's just say we finish, let's say we finish dinner at eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. you, know, you chose that period of time finish dinner at eight o'clock, you go to midnight, that's four hours. Yep. You go to uh, eight o'clock in the morning, that's 12 hours. Yep. And, um, uh, and then you continue on, you, you, you refrain from lunch. No drink, no, no drinking in the, in the morning? No, you can drink. Okay. Not beverages wouldn't be included in this. Just water. Water, tea, yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, it's not so bad that there are certain things you may be able to cheat with. Coffee might be uh, acceptable, a modest okay. amount of coffee, um, if that's to your liking. And maybe you could put lemon in the water without violating this fasting. Okay. And then the next time you eat would be, you, you know, start at four o'clock. So okay, so four to four o'clock to eight, that's four hours. Yep. You could start at two to eight, which is six hours. Yep. And you're done at eight and you start all over again. So all but 16 hours of the day, you are in intermittent fasting. And what happens, and at first your body is rebelling. Of course, yeah. you've been doing this habit your whole life it and it's on a schedule and it's got habits of its own and it influences your mind by making chemicals that go, don't let this guy do this, <laughs> okay? Don't, don't, don't let him do this, this is crazy and you're gonna starve and you're not gonna feel good yeah. and you're not gonna be happy and you need that chip that you yeah. just that makes little, your day, yeah, that okay? And no, so, okay. so, you have to resist it and I can't tell you how quickly your body just certainly within a week your body's going yeah I don't really feel like eating you know and your body truly just gets used to it there are times when your body gets weak and you know, I gotta have this gotta have that but intermittent fasting is is truly a winner and and and, and then if you can include in the intermittent fasting ketogenic diet Okay, 
Now, the ketogenic diet, oversimplistically, but we don't have the time for it, is basically you're going to be focusing on burning fats as your fuel for energy yep. instead of burning carbohydrates, okay? And there's a number of reasons to do this. Uh, and perhaps the primary reason, ultimately, though people, many people who do not understand or who do not realize this about their ketogenic diet is that it produces metabolic water in your mitochondria. And metabolic water is water that is freer uh, of something called deuterium. Correct. And we'll just mention a little bit about deuterium. All of you should look this up. What is deuterium? Most doctors don't know what deuterium is. They've heard it, but they don't know what it is. And deuterium is just, if you can imagine, the elements of the periodic table, the first one, lightest one, and one of the first to be created, let's say, in the Big Bang, if that one's right, hydrogen is hydrogen. And we think hydrogen is hydrogen. You know, it's got a proton and an electron, simplest of all atoms. But there's two other hydrogens you didn't think of. And because you didn't look hard enough or you skipped science class, okay? I never realized until, you know, 20 years ago how many people skipped client science class. It's a very, it's an American pastime. I can tell you who didn't skip science who? class. Russian women. Remember that time in Moscow? <laughs> Jeez. No, Russians are smart, everybody. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure. There's many reasons why they're smart, but certainly they have an education system that would make us blush. Yeah. Okay? Absolutely. And everybody knows. And when, uh, when we did go to Russia, there were just the average person on the street absolutely could talk to you for 10 minutes on what deuterium is, okay? Yeah. But we couldn't even find, we, no matter where we were, like, Doc, do you, do you know about deuterium? Not really. I, I, th I think I heard of it. In You're talking here in the U.S. Here in the U.S., yeah. yeah. I mean, we're dummies. I'm serious. Absolutely. Because of our flawed Ignorance. education system, which is run by a bunch Arrogance. of renegade uh, people who are just trying to <laughs> keep us in line so we believe yeah. their story of life. Yeah, and um, we're trying to hopefully get get that out of our out of our system and make it make real education a reality. But in any case, there's three types of hydrogen. Yep. The simple hydrogen that you've always believed and that you might think that that's the one you put in the balloon to make it go up. Uh, that hydrogen is really scientists call it protium, mm -hmm. and then there's uh, another. The next hydrogen, it's a heavy, we call it a heavier isotope. So isotopes uh, in, of an element are different forms of the same element. And what do we mean by forms? What makes an isotope is the addition or subtraction of a neutron. So simple hydrogen, called, which we said called, was called protium, if we add a neutron to protium, we create deuterium. And this happens in nature. It happened in the Big Bang. In fact, deuterium was actually created before hydrogen. Protium was created. So it's interesting. And so a neutron 
For those of you uneducated Americans out there, a neutron and a proton have the same mass, okay? So what that does is you can figure it out. If you take a proton and an electron and then add a neutron to that, you've just doubled the weight of that particular element. In other words, there's a form that's twice as heavy. And that is, no one got the significance of this, but when something is twice as heavy, it's a big deal. In fact, there's no other element on the periodic table that has an isotope, isotope that's twice as heavy. Yeah. Nothing's even close. That's crazy. And it's like, that's crazy. Twice as heavy. So that would, that scientists started to think, that thing must, that thing must operate different than regular hydrogen. Um, you think? And y y yeah, but they, but they go, wait, but the rule is isotopes chemically act the same together. Okay, they can enter into chemical reactions similar, but they didn't fully, fully realize there were other implications of an atom being twice as heavy. Then there is a third, even heavier isotope of hydrogen called tritium. Right. And it has two neutrons and a proton in the nucleus and an electron going around it. And it's unstable. So that means it's giving off radioactivity and it is a radioactive isotope, often referred to as an unstable isotope. So tritium, there's not much tritium uh, on planet Earth. Uh, you would find it in nuclear reactors where it's created, et cetera, et cetera. So we don't talk about tritium. For those of you who've lived a long time, like me, you might remember there was a time of, uh, of watches, I think it was Bulova, mm -hmm. that had little tiny glass vials of, trit of tritium. And tritium is a gas like hydrogen. And that is, and it glows like forever for 10,000 10, years or 1,000 years or something. They I, had it in I don't remember. Bulova watch. I never have, but I've seen them. Really? And uh, so it just glows. It doesn't, you know, like other watches, you have to have light on them. And, wow. But this one just glowed for longer than your life, uh, I think. I'm not sure what the half-life of tritium is. I don't, but anyway. So anyway, they used it with watches, and, and then they banned it for some reason. So um, these three isotopes of hydrogen uh, also, what does hydrogen do? The most popular use for hydrogen? Well, in nature, it combines with oxygen to make a water molecule. Yeah. So any one of those can combine with oxygen to make a water molecule. We're gonna throw tritium out because it's too exotic. And so you're gonna have regular protium hydrogen combined with oxygen two of those proteums to make a water molecule. That's the one that most of us have always thought water was. Correct. H2O, that's it. But if we assign the letter D to deuterium, we can have a regular hydrogen combined with oxygen and, along with a regular deuterium right. combined with oxygen, and we often call that HDO. Uh, wow, I never knew that for well, most why of my life. Why would we taught this in fucking school, Robert? I mean, because our education system is lame, and you and I got caught up in it. Yep. Okay. And um, so this this is important. So you have 
some water molecules that are H2O, two proteins in a oxygen, and some that are HDO. Well, what's the proportion? Well, here's the proportion. In every liter of water, you have about six drops of deuterium water, meaning HDO, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, one proteum, one deuterium, and one oxygen. There are one out of 41 million atoms D2O. There's so little that we don't even, again, don't need to talk about it anymore. Got it. Got it. So six drops, well, nobody paid attention. So what if there's six drops of water, a different, a little bit different water in every liter of water? Well, the Russians being smarter than most people uh, said, what could be the effect of this? And to make a long story short, they discovered through actually observing people who had naturally slightly lower deuterium in their water supply for their whole lives. Right. And this was a remote group of people in the mountains of Siberia. And they didn't understand how, why these people had longer lives, better health, okay? Like really longer lives, like 140 plus years was common. Right with women having children in their 60s, they didn't understand how this could be. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know of anyone else in the world as having observed this. Right. And so in the end, it ended up being the fact that these people have less deuterium. Wow. So instead of six drops, for those of you a little more scientifically minded, six drops, is also we call it 150 parts per million right. okay but these people had 130 parts per million not a big deal, a big deal. you wouldn't even think there could possibly be that what but the fact is they had this from birth till death and that made all the difference in the world we just Correct. couldn't take 130 uh, and, and start drinking it and get their benefits of long ultra long lives and freedom from chronic disease. But their mothers, you know, when a child was born, their mother's milk was deuterium right, depleted, exactly. the yak meat was, the yak butter, the, the produce they grew, the grains they grew were all lower in deuterium because the water was lower in deuterium. And so this is um, one of the big uh, health habits though i'm 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 a little i'm a little uh i was a little untruthful at the beginning in implying that these are all free or very cheap okay i mean you can breathe you That's can breathe free. your own way right. you can ground, ground your own way for nothing you can get the free light right. but deuterium depleted water unfortunately is one of the most expensive yes. biohacks that you can uh, uh that you can adopt absolutely and I'm not, I'm not saying it's for everyone. Uh, it is remarkable. We're not going to go into any more detail. It is remarkable. And um, one of the first people, by the way, that uh, actually wrote about this was somebody you should look into following. And that's Luke Story. He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a podcaster and an investigator of health. And he did one of the, he was one of the first observers of the benefits. I think he called his article 
the most re, the most amazing biohack yeah, you've yeah. never heard of. Okay. Okay. I read, okay? That. I read that. So you know, deuterium depleted water is something, and it's like I said, it is, it it, it is. Just get into it and see what its great benefits are, and they may be for you. So, and finally, it's just taking advantage of the revolution that's going on and has been going on for maybe the last 20, 30 years of the enhanced understanding of nutrition and what works. A lot of this came from us understanding the human genome. Okay, so that that's a big input, but there are now amazing nutrients out there and amazing habits, some of which we've gone through, that will change the course of human life. Uh, but it's also being counteracted by what we're going to discuss next. Right. And that is what, how are we being assaulted? Absolutely. And uh, so some of those things I just want to mention to you, like uh, NAD plus that are mitochondrial. There's a series of mitochondrial um, uh, nutrients that enhance and activate your mitochondria. And mitochondria itself, just mitochondrial nutrition is very new. We've just come to fully understand how important mitochondria are. Mm -hmm. And I think most of our audience knows that's what makes ATP, that's what makes the energy currency of the body, and when it comes down to it, biologically, that's the whole ball of wax. Correct. Right? And if you, and I always tell people, like, to give them a feeling, hey, the only difference or the main difference between somebody who's 90 and somebody who's 9 is their mitochondrial output, yeah, okay? That's it. Correct. And all of you notice children are running around all the time, everywhere, looking into things. That's just, they got excess energy from their mitochondrial production. So now we're going to set, look into what are, are the assaults on us. Let's, okay? yeah, let's dig right into this. So um, uh, now this fits in with my own <laughs> activism and I'm going after this. So if anybody is, uh, if somebody is pro uh advancing what we're about to discuss you are going to meet me in the hallway okay yep. i'm going to be uh your worst nightmare so one of my favorite things because some of you uh may know that one of my uh, one of my mo most important one of the claims i make is the most important and foundational nutrient that you can take besides water, happens to be minerals and trace elements. Minerals and trace elements are the periodic table, everybody, okay? That is the periodic table. And because life began in the ocean, and to make a long story short, the ocean is a unique solution of the entire periodic table, okay? And it's unique in our solar system. Nobody knows of another ocean that contains the entire periodic table. And I will tell you, it's the only reason that life exists on any, any other planet or originated, let me say, on Earth. And it's because this ocean formed, the water was brought to the Earth, mostly by comets and some by chemical reactions in the crust of the Earth. 
and the crust of the earth and the core of the earth is just more of the periodic table. Yep. And their periodic table, there's about 78 of the elements that are in solid form or liquid form. And then there's about 11, I think, gases that are part of the periodic table. Hydrogen is a gas and helium is a gas and some of them are inert gases, neon and argon, etc. And we, we don't count those when we talk about nutrition, okay? Because mm -hmm. the gases are there sometimes and not there sometimes. So um, we think of how many elements and how many uh, minerals and trace elements are available? Roughly 78. Right. Now, but not today. Not, well, 78 in, in, in science, that's right. what we can recognize. But you were, life began in a solution of all 78 minerals and trace elements, okay? And it was like, consider it a gift from God, yeah. okay? Because if you were God and you were thinking, hey, I think I want to create this new idea. It's called life. Let's do it. How do I do it? How, uh, what do I, what do I, uh, what, what do I put together to form life? Correct. I mean, you'd give it the whole thing you'd created. Just like any other good parent, like let's buy him the books and the right. toys and so on to, to acclimate him to the world. If you wanted to bring life in, you'd throw the kitchen sink at it. And the kitchen sink is the periodic table. And then water is the unifier and right. allows all of that to work. And you have the primordial ocean. Life began there about 3.8 billion years ago, okay? So the, the universe, the universe, Big Bang, uh, just to give you a reference, I'm just giving you some uh, kind of subtle education that <laughs> Americans usually don't have, but the, uh, the universe or the Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago, the Earth started to form from the, the, the gravitational attraction of interstellar dust, comets, et cetera, et cetera, about 5 billion years ago. And then about 4.5 billion years ago, half a billion year, years later, comets bombarded the Earth in, in an event called that scientists called the late heavy bombardment. This brought massive amounts of ice to Earth, which melted and it covered the Earth, covered all land with water. And we were a true blue planet. I mean, there was not a speck of land to be seen. Right. Uh, at 4.2 billion years ago. And so all those elements that were now covered with water, the crust of the earth, etc., all those elements, all those 78 elements were in there and going, we're going to dissolve in water, okay? Right. Just like things do. Water is the universal solvent and Absolutely. everything dissolves in it to its own unique degree. And don't forget this term, its own unique solubility. So a certain amount of sodium chloride dissolves in it, a certain amount of copper, a certain amount of gold is even soluble, a certain amount of this and that. And all of these elements have a unique specific solubility and are in all different concentrations in water. <coughs> so in these concentrations, there's some kind of magic. And if there's something called a mineral wheel, 
uh, it should be really called the mineral and trace element wheel, but it's, it's, it's just imagine a circle, and on the circle you have all the elements of the periodic table. Right. And then you go, hey, wait, we've discovered that copper influences how zinc works in biological systems and magnesium influences calcium and boron influences this and this influences that and this influences this and that and it gets to be a complex wheel with all of these lines drawn through it and it's showing man this is all works together. Right. It's a symphony of chemistry like we've never seen before. And, li and life used this symphony of chemistry to produce the infinite variety of life that we have. So from the primordial ocean in which cellular life arose, we have cells getting together, combining, then multicellular life happened, and then mitochondria kind of got in there, and then the cells absorbed mitochondria because they could do things they couldn't do, and then we had another kind of cell be formed. But all species evolved from the point of its origin in the primordial ocean, simple cells. All life evolved, all species. And you had from bacteria to, to algae to mushrooms and fungi to all plant life to all animal life emerged in the ocean, evolved. I asked doctors who may come to a seminar of mine, how long did life stay in the ocean? Oh, a million years, a hundred thousand years, a hundred million years. No. Life stayed in the ocean exclusively and evolved to all the forms we have now for two and a half billion years, wow. okay? Two and a half billion is beyond our imagination times 10, yeah. okay? What can happen in two and a half billion years? We know what can happen in nine months, for God's sakes, but two and a half billion years, can I can only tell you anything can yeah. happen, okay? Can you imagine like the fundamental Christian Bible belters, what they're thinking right now? Wow, exactly. <laughs> so this variety, uh, ultimately, this variety of all the species, ultimately, for some reason, I think it's just because of the nature of life to keep seeking, to keep expanding, that life decided to leave the ocean. Because somewhere in that two and a half billion years, through volcanic activity, extreme geophysical activity. Right. We had the continents arise through the ocean and establish themselves. Volcanoes were coming up. Islands were being formed over this time. And now you had land. And you have land and you have life just goes, wonder what it would be like to live on land. Exactly. A terrestrial existence, nobody knows what really occurred here. Some of the species of animals went down, went on it and didn't dig it and came back to the ocean. Those are whales, by the way, okay. And uh, I'm sure plants did the same thing, etc. But I think one of the neat things to understand is all of that land that arose really had been soaked in seawater, okay? So it had among the land all of this periodic table too. 
And th those of you who have seen like illustrations of uh, of the ancient forests and so on, where you have ferns that have 15 foot long leaves and so on. It was so nourished right. that you had this abundance of like a tropical jungle like you've never seen before. So, and, and it's somehow depicted throughout, you know, films and illustrations. And it was all because you had the full periodic table. And then um, to make a really long story short, uh, this mineralization of the land. When man came on and we started to develop agriculture and it was wonderful, successful and abundant and beautiful, we needed to, the nature of man, we needed to get around it. Maybe it was taking too long. We wanted to make it easy. And then we started to mechanize farming. And then we said, we don't need it. We don't need anything from the soil. We're just going to put some chemicals on there because the plant grows the same. Yeah. It's going to be cheaper. We don't have to keep putting natural stuff back, et cetera, et cetera. So they depleted the soil of the periodic table of the elements. And we were the fall guys because we being marine mammals by nature of having evolved for two and a half billion years with all the other species and then we evolved, we didn't appreciate or, or recognize that we couldn't separate ourselves from the ocean that easily. We weren't going to be replacing the 78 elements of the periodic table with some, some nitrogen and phosphorus fertilizers, okay? Yeah, never happened. Ain't gonna happen, right. right? And so this loss of the periodic table just became a calling card for the introduction of chronic disease, which you most of people on, in, on earth are now suffering from. And then you throw in a few other little things like pesticides and herbicides, like, uh, like, like um, glyphosate and, and, and DDT. You throw that stuff in and, and, and add toxins to us on top of removing the nutrients, okay? And you have a really messed up uh, humanity where we have things like autism, which was not, not even known a hundred years ago, or extremely rare. You classify it as a total shit show, Robert? I would say shit show would be the least we could say about it, okay? Yeah. We've screwed it up, and, yeah. and, and unfortunately, it became involved in, 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 corp, in, in a corporate world that money prevails over uh, over uh, health and happiness, and we're in a mess, and we're going to try to address that mess. So, modern farming and demineralization of food has to end. Now, there is somebody who's one of the champions, and that is Professor August Dunning. I I, I ask all of you to go watch. Uh, to get his PowerPoint is the best, but you can watch him deliver on, I believe, YouTube and other uh, venues, the Habitat Crisis, in which he takes you through this. Now, Professor Augustani is an astrophysicist. He probably, at the beginning, never knew anything about soil, but he is a very brilliant man, one of the, I'm told, creators and designers of the International Space Station. Mm -hmm. But somewhere along the line, his brilliant mind just goes, 
I just, I just connected some dots. And I just connected the dots. I asked somebody to plot from 1900 to present the loss of minerals and trace elements in food, and it went like, boom. You know, it went from all of these le high levels down to almost nothing. Right. Okay, it's like inexcusable. I mean, if you take, if you take the, the main minerals and measure what it was in 1900 to now, it's like, hey, you have like 20% of the minerals that were in a typical apple or orange and, and broccoli, it's, it's all gone down. And some of them don't even have any of the minerals anymore. And trace elements, you know, like I said, there were 78 trace elements, and those trace elements should technically, by evolution, be in your blood, okay? We should be able to detect them all. But I would challenge anyone to detect more than maybe 15 or at the best 20 of the 78 in your body. Ain't gonna happen. So uh, he is a believer, August Dunning, uh, Professor August Dunning is a believer of bringing the sea back to the land. Uh, like it once was. And if I'm not mistaken, he has actually started or is part of a company that takes seawater and concentrates it and, and, and offers it and sells it in, some, uh, in its possible many forms in, to agriculture. Wow. And maybe in 200 years, we're going to have a better agriculture than we have now through this remineralization of the soil. But in the meantime, there is something created by another brilliant scientist, a revolutionary biologist called René Canton. Yeah. Probably, I would say, mm, arguably my favorite thing. Yeah. Okay. So, so. Uh, I don't know if you can see this. This is a box. And in this box is an incredible treat. Let's see what we have in this box. So should I hold this up? Yeah. So this box contains, and let me get some of these too. I hope everybody's having fun and discovering stuff. Well, that they I'm do. sure they're, they're having fun, and for those that aren't having we fun, we haven't even gotten into the shit. the shit show. Yeah, no, that, that's coming. But we're, we're, we're just trying to calm you down and make you go from sympathetic to parasympathetic. <laughs> So look at this. This is for some of you is going to some of you really know this well, and, and this because this has been something I I brought to America 16 years ago from uh, from from France and Spain, and this is called Canton Marine Plasma, and it looks like you if you were to look at the word on here like Quintin, and some of you do use the word Quintin, and here in America we say Quinton because it looks like it could be Quinton, but in French it's really Canton after the, the renowned uh, revolutionary biologist René Canton. And he was a student of Darwin in the late 1800s, et cetera, et cetera. He ended up dying in 1925 of war wounds, but he was brilliant and he saw what no other people saw. He was, um, he was an ally and believer of the, the, the father of modern Western physiology called Claude Bernard. And um, uh, he, he, he was among the people, the doctors in the late 1800s, who believed in that the terrain was the most important thing to maintain in your body. 
And for those of you who don't know what this term terrain means, yes. the terrain means the composition of your extracellular fluid and, and its balance. And we inherited a terrain from the sea. Rene Canton said you can, that life could only leave the sea by taking the sea with it. Brilliant. I mean, it's so I mean, brilliant. It's like, take the sea with it? What do you mean, carry it out in a bucket? <laughs> no. That the actual sea water became your body's water, your body's fluid. Fluids, most of you know that your weight is about 70, 60 to 70% fluid. And that means that the uh, and, and so, okay, it's 67% fluid. What, what is that fluid? I mean, is it distilled water or something? No, it's really seawater. It's seawater that's equivalent to what the primordial ocean was. And it's about, you know, maybe a, a, maybe a third as concentrated as the modern ocean because uh, through a lot of geological things, the ocean became increasingly concentrated with the same elements in the same proportions, but it's just more concentrated. But ours is a concentration called isotonic. For those of you who know your medicine, you know isotonic is what like the equivalent of a saline solution, and it's the right concentration for our body fluids. So when you get a saline solution, it is unfortunately only the sodium chloride. Right. And it's true that the ocean is mostly sodium chloride. There's a reason it's the nutrient that your body needs the most of to, to conduct its biochemistry. But um, it, it also contains all the other elements of the periodic table. So this product is harvested and we call this hypertonic. This is the actual ocean itself. This contains all 78 minerals and trace elements. It is harvested from the sea. And interestingly, this came onto the market. And I was just with health, you know, I've been with health experts recently, and they had no idea that this product that they're very aware of, because they're astute biohackers and so on, they had no idea that this product first came out in 1897. No. Okay, 1897, you must be joking, right. but it did. And it also came out in this isotonic form in 1897. And why did he make the isotonic form? Because this was going to be administered to people in a variety of ways. And he thought that this could restore homeostasis to someone who was not in health balance, which is homeostasis and that this could restore it by restoring the composition of the body fluids to its oceanic inheritance, okay? You inherited the ocean as your body fluids, but you failed to maintain it. Correct. Okay? And that failure largely, and according to August Dunning, that failure makes you susceptible to chronic disease. And that is the big story. Dunning, I mean, there's no bigger story. Did Dunning know about Kenton? Okay, you, you brought up a sensitive thing, and it is one of my most important near short-term objectives to bring this to his attention. Okay, I'm, I'm sure and we're he has it. Now. No, I haven't found the connector, 
to August, Professor August Dunning, and if anybody could get this to August Dunning, I praise the work, your contribution. It's more, and I realize it's as important as you realize it, and, and I'm gonna help you expand your concept. I have sent out thousands of your, of your uh, YouTube videos on what you are saying. But all I want to say is, listen, I don't want people to have to wait 200 years to to restore the oh, oceanic so conditions, yeah. the soils, okay? So here's the short term to do it. I'll be happy to send you some of this <laughs> at any time. And because this will restore your, in your body uh, what your food is not capable Absolutely. of doing. Yeah. And and so this is, this is something that is actually, it, it's consumed. What you're going to do now? Whoop. <laughs> no, Whoop. let's use another one. And it, it's consumed. I just consumed 10 milliliters of seawater. But where the heck is this seawater taken from? I mean, isn't the whole ocean polluted or something like that? No, that's a big, that's a big error on the part of people who think about the ocean. Um, it's far from that. And there are special zones in the ocean that are purer than any substance really on the planet yeah. and just filled with minerals and trace elements and organisms that are special. And we call those areas plankton blooms. Okay, please share. And plankton blooms are huge assemblage, assemblages of um, phytoplankton, which is a plant version of plankton that is photosynthetic in its metabolic nature and in symbiotic existence with zooplankton, the animal version of plankton. Some of you know the word krill. A krill is a zooplankton. And they exist in symbiotic relationship in a bloom, a huge bloom, hundreds of kilometers across in the ocean in certain particular places that actually um, are, are, are perfect conditions to feed the bloom. And the bloom is, uh, there's a zone between the two. The phytoplankton are on top where they can get light. The zooplankton are, are hundreds of feet below where they are just waiting and carrying on their birth death cycle. And they, the, the zooplankton come up and graze very much like cows going to graze in the pasture, come up and graze on the zooplankton and, and then they come back down again. And in between them is called the zone of biocenosis. And the zone of biocenosis is the most elaborate, sophisticated collection of biochemistry that exists on the earth. It just happens on the side to make 65% of the oxygen on the planet. Whoa. Okay. Wow. So that's just a nice treat that it gives us every once in a while. But it contains the magic of the primordial ocean. Mm -hmm. Rene Canton recognized this and he went and gathered water from that area. And that area, that water, which was called Canton Marine Plasma, both hypertonic and isotonic, he used the isotonic as a medicine to restore homeostasis. Right. And he used the hypertonic as a nutrient to restore people of the time who were lacking basic nutrients. 
and he was able to give them with the seawater every nutrient that God made in one shot. And so it was so powerful, so shocking what he was able to do with it. And he realized, remember what we said, he said the only way you could leave the ocean was to take the ocean with it and that your blood is the same as seawater. So he wrote a book in 1904 after doing an experiment. What experiment did he do? You remember it? Yes. The dog experiment. The it's dog called. experiment. So he transfused the blood, whole blood now. We're not talking about blood plasma. We're talking about the whole blood, the red stuff. He transfused the red stuff in six canines completely, as much as he could get out of their bodies, he transfused it and replaced it with seawater, isotonic. This one, the one that we, right here. Yeah. He did. Can you imagine, they must have thought he was a crazy bastard for Yep, doing and there were people, I'm sure there were people who protested that he would expose, you know, innocent dogs to this. But the point is, uh, I, I mean, I remember reading that th th this, this procedure he carried out was done and described and written down in minute by minute detail. And it was not a cakewalk for the dogs. They experienced hemolytic shock for certain, sure. And it wasn't a great thing for them. And they had the chills, the whole thing. But the point is when it was done, these dogs not only survived, but they thrived. And I, I believe two or three of the dogs who were had, had a disease no longer had the disease. I mean, okay. I mean, you think modern veterinarian education would teach this, you know? But I doubt it's forbidden. Rene Cantone is is forbidden science. You know, Jer knows this. Nobody, the pharmaceutical industry would love nothing more than to make this whole Canton thing go away, okay? Because it is too close to source, okay? It is really the basis of physical life on planet Earth. And they don't like it. It's, it's so, what's the first thing? So he, he transfused the dogs and he writes a treatise called L'eau du mer, milieu organique. And for those of you French guys out there and gals, that's water of the ocean is the same as your internal milieu. And the French use the word milieu to describe the body fluids of the body. Uh, so, so it, like, hey, seawater is the same as your internal fluids. Like, oh my God. And if we do now, uh, in, in, in 1900, he had no anal analytical capability to determine what all these elements, okay? And the science just wasn't there. But the point is when we did get it, they just realized that just, and they didn't, they could only do few of them. When they did the 10 major electrolytes of the body and their proportions in your body fluids, oh my God, it turned out to be the same proportions of seawater. Wow. And Rene Cantone was correct <laughs> from intuition. That's amazing, man. And we have the chart. It's a beautiful chart that shows Quintone Acetonic that has blood plasma and interstitial fluid, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's the same. So we know now, and I won't say any more than this, but for those of you very, very skeptical doctors out there, the most advanced ones, that it is very possible, even desirable, to replace, in some cases, whole blood with someone suffering from some condition with Quintana Satonic.
what's that? Uh, what are those tribes or those religious factions? Um, what are they? We, we, we're we're going to skip that, okay? Because it, it is a it is a, a a secret. Okay. That may jeopardize them. Understood. Okay. And I know you know that. We don't want to mention them, but you know, all I can tell you is that it, that this product here was used in both world wars as a blood plasma, a reserve blood plasma, because yeah. they ran out of blood plasma. Right. Now this is not whole blood now that they used it for. This yeah. is blood plasma. They didn't even conceive this could be used for whole blood. I mean, they didn't really fully grasp Rene Cantone's experiment of 2004. They didn't realize that, yes, he did blood plasma. He did blood plasma for, for, since the 1900. But when he pushed the envelope and he goes, oh my God, this works for not only blood plasma, this works as a whole blood replacement, okay? And nowadays, why is it more pertinent? And you know it's one of my dreams to make this the new blood plasma and the new whole blood. Why? There's no retroviruses in this. Are you with me? There's no contaminants. Oh my God, there's nothing they put in here, no adjuvants and no other toxic substances. Right. This is it. It is like a perfect blood. Yeah. So, okay. Boy, we're, we're not doing well in the sense of time because we have uh, just really gotten through modern farming, but it's such, a, it's such an important it message. Important. I really hope to hear back from people on what you know, was this a revelation to you? Was this well, truly useful to you? Well, let's get August Dunning to contact you, okay? <laughs> that would be that, phenomenal. That would be first and foremost. Okay, we have to get rid of Roundup or glyphosate herbicide, okay? Absolutely. Uh, uh, this, as you all know, uh, Bayer purchased Monsanto be during a period of an act of insanity on their part. And um, of course, it probably had some kind of political thing. But the fact is, there's now like almost 50,000 lawsuits against Bayer yeah. Monsanto to get rid of this this horrific pesticide, or not pesticide, it's an herbicide. Yeah. It, it, it kills weeds and it helps farmers make it, make it easier to, to, to harvest their stuff. But it is toxic to all life and we have to get rid of it and it is in my opinion one of the causes of autism and other grave uh, diseases it also is used in conjunction with another thing i believe we have to stop and that's gmo okay Absolutely. we have to stop genetically uh doing it for for some convenience because we're not doing it for health no we're doing it for the convenience of like oh we don't have to have some we don't have to spend so much time on the farm and oh, we don't have to get the weeds out but there's so many other brilliant ways to minimize weeds one of them is adding seawater to the land Beautiful. to restore the minerals and and, and trace elements Okay, here is everybody who, who hangs with me now knows my one of my favorite, or not favorite, this is anything actually but a favorite, but it is my most avid uh, 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 cause, and that is electromagnetic radiation as delivered specifically by your cell phone. Now, um, we could, I could talk for days on this topic, but all I want to say is this is more egregious, this is more deadly, this is more harmful than perhaps anything I know right now in the short term. Why? Because all of us, and I'll put myself in it to some degree, we are in love with 
what EMF gives us as a social means of communicating with our fellow man, okay? We can send movies to our friends. We can call our boyfriend if you want. We, you know, I mean, girls, I'm told, love to fall asleep with their phone and talking to their boyfriend. And, and many have taken, many have lost their lives because of this, because they've gotten cancer of the brain. And, and, and so this has to end. And I'm not sure how to do it, but I'm on the task force to do it. EMF, which is, we call, I'm going to introduce this term to you. EMF, as we know it, is, a com is an electromagnetic wave because it has both an electric and a magnetic field component. And this was most introduced in the late 1800s by Heinrich Hertz. And those of you know, Hertz is the word we use for the frequency of things. And they used his name appropriately. But Heinrich Hertz just brought the dream of wireless communication to humanity. And wow, what a phenomenal thing. People were so excited. Radios could exist and so on. Right. Now, unfortunately, Heinrich Hertz just only made it to his 36th birthday. This was a revelation to me when I read that he suffered for years of migraine headaches. Heinrich, that was caused by you being in the laboratory and exposed to your own waves called Hertzian waves. And at the same time, you also ended up after the uh, migraine headaches dying of a respiratory infection, okay? It's right in your Wikipedia. And that respiratory infection to me sounds sounded a lot like what uh, COVID is now or coronavirus, okay? Correct. And somehow, Hertzian waves have the ability to, to scramble, literally scramble the water structure in your cells and all hell breaks loose. And one of the first hells that to break loose is the obstruction of blood flow in the lungs, okay? And you all know that is the problem. You use, lose your ability to, to, to breathe. Yep. And I believe it is intimately connected with, with, with Hertzian waves, with EMF. Now, they are right now as we speak making it, they're amping up this Hertzian wave to a level, yeah. uh, it's like they almost want instant death because they're going to this new thing that's been touted as uh, the internet, allowing the internet of things. We're going to be able to communicate uh, with our, our uh, the diaper of our children uh, <laughs> through this. And every diaper in America is going to be transmitting through everybody else the fact whether that diaper needs to be changed or not. I mean, that's the insanity that's going on. It's also going to allow what many people have invested in, and that is driverless cars. Now, I'm not a fan of driverless cars. I, I think it will be a big bust, uh, 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 or is it a big crash? Both. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's going to be a. It's, it's going to be devastating, but. You need to have so much information flying through the air to keep the driverless cars, okay? I mean, everything. Where's the curb, you know? It has to know where the curb is. It has to know when the light's gonna be green and when it's gonna be red. It's gotta know all that stuff. 
It's got to be seeing around you. Is it? Is there somebody in the walkway? So this can only be handled by a very advanced high density information system. And that information system is not, can't, can't be provided by 3G and 4G, which we have now, yep. okay? So they need to go to 5G. Well, you know what, 3G, a little bit of increment, we went to 4G, but 5G isn't an increment, it's a revolution. 5G is gonna be hundreds and thousands of times more information flying per second than 3G and 4G. But what, how do you do that? Well, you do that by increasing the frequency of the wave itself, okay? You, you've all heard of gigahertz and so on and so on. And, 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 and we're, we went from, you know, one gigahertz to five gigahertz to 15 gigahertz to 24 gigahertz. Now this new band of 5G, I think it's gonna be like 25 to, to 100 gigahertz. What happens when you go to gigahertz, these higher gigahertz levels? Well gigahertz waves don't travel i mean high high number of gigahertz waves don't travel this far right. it's just the penalty you pay also what else is in the gigahertz range did you forget about your microwave oven okay <laughs> you know we've just become so used to the microwave oven and that you know that one of the concerns in the early days was the fact that you know did it have any effect of food we know it heated food, but did it have any effect? And we almost, I don't know how they did it. We weren't, the society and biohackers and stuff weren't smart enough to remember that when they just put an egg in there and people go, well, that's, you know, that, you know, egg has got all these kinds of proteins in it, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And you take the egg out and go, holy jeez, that's not the same protein that was in there. <laughs> exactly. Okay. It's altered. You're, 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 like, you're like distorting the proteins and all the other nutrients. But you know what? That just lasted for a short time and we put the egg in the microwave and now you have all kinds of devices and you can, you can microwave 10 eggs at a time. So anyway, uh, your, your microwave is a, is a deadly instrument, but having a 5G phone is like asking your husband to take the door off of the microphone, microwave oven, right. disable the protective switch, and just letting it rip. Turning it on all day long, that's what 5G is going to be like. Probably actually not even as dramatic as 5G, because those antennas, because they can't transmit far, they have to be close. Right. And you may have two 5G antennas just on your block not three to five miles away like your current antenna, right. or some people live closer, of course, not three to five G. It can't reach you unless it's a hundred feet from you. Right, so it's practically so you're, it's, you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you might as well wear a helmet that's 5G, okay? And this is gonna scramble, this is going to create, in my opinion, disease like we have never seen it. Absolutely. It's going to make autism seem like it was just a simple cough, okay? Yeah. And I, I'm very, there's nothing that concerns me more. I know what's going to happen. Oh, I know. And, and they've just rolled this out in Los Angeles, you know, AT&T, Verizon, and they're just saying, we now have 5G and it's gonna be great and sign up for it. It's all this other stuff, but don't certainly don't sign up for it. 
That's madness. I don't know how they're going to regulate that part. Like if my neighbor signs up for it and I don't, I'm going to get blasted. My phone may not be able to register it, but my body's going to register it. Right through us. And can't allow it. You have to protest. You have to go to your city council who has to allow them to put their antennas up. You have to go to your city council in droves and tell them, hey, our lawyer wrote up a paper that you are going to be held responsible for allowing 5G to enter your city and establish its antennas because the game is over. This is a toxic exposure of radiation to our families, our children when they're in the school, and you know they're gonna bring it to the school. They're like in droves, they'll be able to, you know, do everything on internet, the internet of thing will be applied to, to the school as well. You must stop it. It's up to you and me to, to be informed and understand this. One of the organizations to support is Robert F. Kennedy's junior, Junior's organization, the, uh, who are around here? Like it's help the kids or help the children. Do you, do you know what it is? I don't know off the top of my head. Well, it's, 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 it's important enough okay. that I determine what it is right this minute. Because okay. he is one of the heroes of our time. Uh, and um, I would have to say he's my favorite Democrat. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that is absolutely true. Uh... And he's been, uh, RFK has been an advocate for... Uh, against, uh, against vaccines. Yeah, against vaccines. He's done it. I mean, this is a tireless guy. Glyphosate, right. And, um, and, and now he, he's not liked by a lot of corporations and a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of his own party of Democrats. And because the Democrats, uh, for those of you who know, in California... The Democrats were really the people behind the uh, eliminating the exemption for vaccines. You know, thank you very much for that. Yes. And uh, you killed another uh, 100,000 kids. And also the, the Democrats in California were pushing the more rapid installation of 5G, which yes. we are telling you, you don't want, you want to push back, okay? Um, and oh, it's not even there. That's horrible. Was it a foundation or something? Oh, I'm so embarrassed that, that I don't know. This is, you know, be very interesting information for people. So please be patient. Uh, children's Health Defense dot org. A, a very appropriate name because children i don't have to tell you they are very susceptible in their forming physiologies to having the water disturbed in their cells by these waves now here was the here was the game that was played the per, the, the entity of the government that um that that supposedly is supposed to protect us on the airwaves the fed the the uh um, federal FCC, yeah, FCC, yeah. The, the, the the federal communications 
corporation. Wonderful group. Uh, the FCC regulates this stuff. And um, here's what the deal is scientifically. Waves that come from EMF are considered non-ionizing waves. So they're already put into a safer category. So what do you have to know about a non-ionizing radiation? Uh, you have to examine, you have to examine or, or determine how capable is this of heating tissue in the body, okay? Yeah. Because you could damage it if it was too much. If you put your head in a microwave oven, you know you wouldn't make it. So heating and microwaves are considered non-ionizing radiation as opposed to regular nuclear radiation. So this is something that, oh, does it raise the temperature of the tissues? And guess what? It passed the test. But this same radiation is, is used in radar, same stuff. And the radar, people said, well, you know, we're using much more powerful stuff. Maybe we should look at some other things besides heating the temperature. And whoops, oh my God, this destroyed cellular functions. Destroyed. Destroyed cellular functions, protein folding, DNA transcription, et cetera, et cetera. And they said, holy jeez, we have a whole world of wireless communications built around this. Okay, guys, we're not even gonna look at this any further. Keep the military studies on these effects, these health effects, keep it with the military. Right. The Navy has a study, the Air Force has a study, keep it hidden. All we know is we passed the temperature test, all right? Yeah. Even though you can just go on YouTube and find out that if you put three cell phones together, and turn them on and put them surrounding an egg, it will make a hard-boiled egg before your very eyes, okay? Yeah, that looks real convincing. And um, so it is dangerous stuff. You must keep your, if you have Wi-Fi available, which is also destructive EMF, it just isn't as bad because it's further away from you than having a phone near you. Never have a phone and hold it near your head. Never, ever, ever. The energy destruction follows the inverse square law. So if you have it one centimeter away from your head mm -hmm. and it's giving you this amount of energy, a certain amount of energy. If you put it two centimeters away, it will be one fourth the energy. See, all you did was moving it twice the distance, but you lowered the effect by one fourth. If you put it three centimeters away, it will be one ninth. If you put it 10 centimeters away, it will be one one hundredth. So distance is everything in the world of destructive EMF. So how about those people that are wearing those uh, little earbuds when they're phones? The EMF is being transmitted directly, and if it's an earbud that uses uh, Bluetooth. Bluetooth, then you might as well just implant the phone in your brain, okay? Yeah. Don't use Bluetooth, don't use earbuds. I happen to have earbuds, mm -hmm. air instead of ear. Right. Earbuds, it is not perfect either. I happen to, I live in the world of these necessities as well as you. We need to change the nature of the science of 
wireless communication. And you and I have committed ourselves to this. We're going to do what we can. I believe a new science is on the horizon. Uh, And well, we can't let the, I I don't want to give the enemy too much uh, information, okay? Because uh, I'm sure after this show, we're going to be, we're going to be amped up in terms of the word enemy, okay? Yeah. So um, we don't want to let it known, but I'm a big believer that there is an alternate communication technology that's going to be able to replace Hertzian waves. Absolutely. And um, I'm also very interested in making an experiment, a simple experiment, almost at the uh, high school science fair uh, level that will demonstrate to the horror of the public and it hopefully will go uh, viral to the horror of the public of what 5G can really do to an animal species, okay? What can it really do? And I believe if even a small animal species, that let's, let's, let's just take the laboratory mouse. Mm-hmm. One of the ways we, write, we rate a laboratory mouse is that we teach them how to, uh, uh, to uh, traverse a maze. Yeah. And then we may, whatever, you may give him a vaccine, you may give him a new drug, and, and they watch how he does. Does he become more alert, more energetic, or he can't even find his way to the first stop, okay? Yeah. That's how we do it. But I believe a simple experiment exposing this animal to 5G from a simple nearby cell phone, that this, before your very eyes, this laboratory animal is going to become distorted, and, and it's going to suggest to you that Oh my God, that antenna is 300 feet from my child at the elementary school and what's going to happen to them. So anyway, this is going to happen. This will materialize and we have to bring down 5G uh, in some... What else else do you have for us? Uh, Well, we know about weaponized vaccines. I'm not not pro-vaccines. Vaccines have changed. I'm not sure all the reasons why. Obviously, environmental toxins will always be an issue. It's been around since the, 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 the um, revolution of chemistry in the 30s and 40s. Uh, I, I, a pet peeve of mine are the ineffective pharma drugs. Yeah. Okay. This, this, the, the alphabet soup of pharma drugs. It's like, I want to go... Is anyone, when I look at whatever CBS and all the all the television stations, have this on as their their survival oh. input of yeah. money? Because the you know the farm big pharma has the money. That's your money because they're stealing it from you. Of all of these meaningless drugs as, that yeah. you take and and commercials, I, I am shocked that. When somebody writes me and said, you know, maybe can you help my husband and here's the drugs he's on and it, it's like 15 meaningless drugs with 15 or 20 new side effects, I'm going, what has allowed this to happen? I mean, is it the stupidity of the consumer or they're just befuddled? This is just both. too much for them to process. And that's one of the reasons why they want a dumbed-down education system. They just want you to be a sucker for fake news. Yeah. And fake news is one of our, one of our, one of our increasing st- stealthy threats against uh, humanity. So, 
far, big pharma, please look into this on your own. Read about it. Don't just take with your doctor because he is lost often in because the pharmaceutical companies have programmed him. Listen, hey, you want to be a doctor? Right. You want to make money? Here's what you do. Exactly. You prescribe all this meaning, this garbage to your patients. So, and then there's geoengineering and chemtrails. Um, again, a lot of mystery related to it, but someone's trying to do harm to us. A concern for everybody, because it's easy for us. We're not in contact with nature anymore. The decimation of the bee population. Yes. We, we Please make this close to your heart. Please support organizations that help uh, understand and prevent the decimation of bee population. I will tell you, when bees go away, we go the, away. Well, bees go away, crops go away, we have no food. It's really that simple. Because you can't, we, we've lost the sense that it's bees who do all this stuff yeah. with crops. And now our favorite one, mass, mass media fake news. Oh. Jer, what do you think about fake news? I mean, it, does it make you laugh when you see it? Absolutely. It's just, it's just a mind fuck on the human population. And you, people just can't see it. They're so dumbed down, Robert. Correct. I mean, I can't believe, I can't keep a straight face when I see uh, Anderson Cooper yeah. uh, blabbing. You know, here it's, it's like Anderson. I, when, when we were first introduced to you, we, we thought you were really like intelligent, like more intelligent than the average one, but something dumbed down, dumping dumbed you down or paid you off. That's my conclusion. Yeah. And, and then the whole litany, he's, Anderson Cooper is CNN, yeah. but, but you've got all your, all your colleagues on there. I mean, it's like, I watch CNN instead of watching Saturday Night Live, because my laughter is deeper and, and, and more enjoyable. It's like, oh my God, here's a bunch of, there's a bunch of real men pretending to be a bunch of idiots. And you notice that CNN is on, on, all over the airports that we traverse, hotels. Why is chains. this? Exactly. Why is this? And you know, CNN, if I'm not mistaken, has suffered an incredible loss of, uh, of viewership. Absolutely. Okay. And so who's getting it if no one wants to view it or much less viewership? Right. Who's who, putting it on? Who's putting it on the airports? Yeah. Or is it something like you're giving it away to just get more viewers? But CNN is a joke. If it's not a joke to you, please pay attention. They lie like, not occasionally, they lie continuously about yeah. almost everything. One of my favorite lies that and we shouldn't just pick on CNN. I'm gonna pick on CNN. I'm gonna pick on MSNBC. I'm gonna pick on CBS, the one that actually started truth in, in, in uncovering truth with their 60 Minutes. And occasionally 60 Minutes is good, but it's all just gotten to be connected with some fake news. You pick your topics now. And so, you know, CNN has, you used to, you did, you exposed Vioxx. <laughs> Vioxx was a drug that was known to kill, if I'm not mistaken, uh, like um, the official number is 112,000 people. Okay, they had a reaction to Vioxx and bammo. So they exposed it, it was very bold and just you had to look up to CNN, man, they were, they were ready to go against it. But you know what? 
just watch CNN, I mean, not CNN, just watch uh, 60 Minutes Now, and you're gonna see every friggin' ad be a pharmaceutical company, because they were just going, look, we, we can't suffer another Vioxx, we're just gonna buy you, okay? And they bought them. And you know, another entity that's so disappointing, because it's certainly my favorite magazine of all time, who's gotten bought off National Geographic. Oh, yeah. You guys are just almost, I read the last issue, you have become, you've bought into every little scam uh, thing there is, and you're focusing on all a, a bunch of fake topics, like the one you just love is climate change, okay? <laughs> and it's like, aren't you reading about the other views of climate change? Yeah, well, and you're just like, oh, bad, 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 bad human, humanity. Bad, 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 bad America. So you're making up. so much, uh, so much carbon dioxide and, and greenhouse gases and so on. You're taking us along. Uh, uh, you're taking us down the, the path of destruction and you never even make people aware that, hey, there's other things outside of the earth that bring on climate change exactly. too. And you don't want us to know that. You don't want us to know that the that the magnetic field of Earth is changing. You don't want us to know that the sun is changing. Like, oh my God, it does amazing things. Not only does the sun affect the, the, the whole atmosphere and the meteorological uh, aspect of the Earth, but it, it actually influences through some of its radiation, that core of the Earth, Absolutely. which then starts to act up. So, hey, there have been climate changes. I just ask people, no one has an answer for me. Hey, there have been at least, I don't know, 17 major climate changes, not to mention what you know as an ice age multiple <laughs> times, right. before people were doing anything but lighting sticks to cook a piece of possum, okay? And that definitely didn't cause climate change. But what was causing all that climate change? Well, you, you don't have a good answer for that. And it's involved in climate change today. So that's it. So I'll now one news I will watch, and what? I know you do, is one American news. I, I do watch that. I think they are the most honest out of all. They news. are the most honest, and they, they do, we have to admit, we are, they do pick the most beautiful newscasters. Yes. Okay? Yes. I mean, they are lovely. Thank you. OAN because as, as yeah. tough as life is getting. And a big shout out to Lily Fifield, my favorite. Uh, uh, Lily, yeah. uh, Lily, I knew I, the first time I turned on OAN, <laughs> it was by accident, and I saw there you, was. I was already, I'm watching <laughs> OAN forever, okay? okay? I hope they don't, uh, I hope they keep up their same philosophy. 1,000%. And um, what else? Well, we, we probably the big and most dangerous area, you think we should say for next time, the deep state? No, we gotta go right into that right now. We should go deep state, huh? Can, can, um, can you guys handle the deep state here in our, in our surroundings? Are we gonna, do you have the tolerance for this? For the energy? Okay. Okay, why don't you, why don't you start off with something and, and, and let me comment on okay, the well, deep state. So, yeah. how about just even like, what is the deep state? What is it? What is the deep state, Robert? I mean, look, not many people know that you 
and your brother Jack uh, worked in. Go easy on this. Okay, I will. Top secret projects, which mm -hmm. you you may or may not want to comment on. No, we won't comment on what they were. Right, but you've gotten early exposure to this deep state even back then, wouldn't you say? Yes, the inner information and, and you know it yourself way better than I from from the DARPA perspective yeah. okay and uh, DARPA for those of you who don't know is defense uh, advanced projects research agency uh -huh. the military this, yeah, this this is funded by a military budget but it's certainly the most advanced of all uh, pursuits of technology and science Absolutely. at every level from the most arcane uh, spiritual aspects yes. to the most uh, you know to ET propulsion systems yes. to you know burrowing down to the center of the earth I mean it's it's there's nothing unturned in DARPA and we'll just leave it at that okay we'll, we will leave it at that so you know Certainly, it's it's a conglomeration of financial influence, massive. That, that's part of it, banking. And all of you have heard the Rothschilds and so on. And some of you have heard um, the Federal Reserve. Yes. Okay. And, you know, I mean, I, I've known this since I was uh, 18 years old. But when somebody told me, oh, the Federal Reserve... It, did you know it's not federal? Uh, it's it's a reserve, but it ain't federal. Right. Well, like, what do you mean? Like, well, it has nothing to do with the government, really. It's really a bunch of private right. bankers who own you and your money. Okay. And it's like, oh, okay. I think he's wrong, and I investigated, and what what that ended up on overturning? Holy mackerel! So the whole thing. I mean, all of America was hijacked in the Federal Reserve Act, I believe, of 1914. Yeah. 1913. 1913, yeah. When a bunch, I think it was like when, the, uh, when, when they met at Jekyll Island and they plotted how they were going to take over you and your money and come out with the Federal Reserve. And then nicely followed, that was so easy that it was nicely followed by the income tax uh, amendment of 1916. Beautiful. Oh, hey, we, we had, the Federal Reserve Act didn't cause, we didn't make as much money as we wanted to, but let's steal a little more with uh, the income tax Ooh. act. And then it got more serious. Uh, uh, the, the deep state, because we then developed, not too long after World War I, the intelligence networks, all the countries, I mean, you know, everything, you know, the CIA, the NSA, uh, the alphabet soup of intelligence agencies. And, you know, and then you can talk about the KGB, and the Israeli, uh, Mossad and, and, and now Pakistan has it and everybody has it. Everybody has an intelligence and perhaps the most active one is China. Okay? China has an intelligence network that's that doesn't involve an organization, it involves their entire population. Okay. So well, whoever you are, you're part of our intelligence network. Exactly. 
And so all are to be feared. We're not picking on anyone. All are to be feared because when they realize their power, okay? When they realize that they were James Bond, then we lost control. And for those of you who remember that we had a president, JFK, correct? Okay? One of my favorite people, practically in a political people in the history. And he was a Democrat. And he was a Democrat. And he he was just he was a neat and brilliant guy. And his predecessor, which was Dwight Eisenhower, is okay, the Republican president, Dwight Eisenhower, did I mean it's kind of a famous story where he warned him. Uh, specifically because Eisenhower was a general. I don't think there's many generals who have been, uh, I don't know, were there any more in the modern times generals that became president? Yeah, that's, a, that's a interesting. Yeah, I, I think he's the only one like in the 20th century. I think he is. And, and, then, and then perhaps there was one who might have been, Colin Powell could have been, but, but I don't know, he jumped ship somehow. I don't know what happened to Colin Powell. Colin, if you're listening, you know, please give us a ring. We want to find out about what happened to you and what you know, if you don't mind. That would be very interesting to us. And um, so JFK, he was warned about a military industrial complex. And because at that time, uh, you know, the Vietnam War was going on and all this stuff, um, and JFK became kind of aware of what Jer and I became aware of. He became aware of uh, the Federal Reserve, okay? Do you remember that? Uh, so how did he become aware of it and what did he do about it? Well, nothing touched me and got me going as much as this. He became aware that and I don't know if you know this, but JFK's life has been compared by many people. And it is a remarkable comparison to Lincoln and what Lincoln went through. Correct. Okay. And Lincoln was going through the Civil War, Civil War. And, and we were going through the Vietnam War. So the, the same thing happened. So he realized to have a war, you, gotta, you need money. Okay. Oh, yeah. And you got to borrow money through most of history. Rich financiers and banks supplied the money uh, irresponsibly because they didn't even care what side you were on. They didn't care if you were on their side or not. Just you need money. We got money and uh, the interest rates aren't low. So JFK goes, wait, wait, we to fund this war. We got to borrow money from the Federal Reserve, but the Federal Reserve isn't even part of our government. So we're borrowing it from private banks. Okay, okay. And that, that, that is exactly what Lincoln faced. Right. Lincoln realized that he had to borrow money from you know, the Rothschild family and all that to fund the Civil War. Yeah. And he just goes, wait, do I have to do this? Can't I just print my own money and make my own promises? Because they're just printing money. Correct. Why can't it just has our, 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 our seal on it, which they stole and they, they convinced us we had to give it to them. So he created the greenback dollar and the greenback dollar funded the Civil War. Amazing. And it was the greenback dollar that got him shot in the head. No shit. In when he was enjoying the theater. That was the whole thing. 
the wow. greenback dollar. Wow. He didn't. He broke the rules. He broke the rules. Of, and he paid the price. He and paid the price. So JFK hmm. said, "You know what? I am going to create not the Federal Reserve note, okay? Because that's what we had. Yeah. Federal Reserve note, and um, I don't know when it went off the gold standard. Can't remember those things, but." He created the U.S. note, okay? And I have five of them. He broke the rules. He broke the rules. He just said to the Treasury, hey, wait, you're just a printing house, right? <laughs> yeah. And what, how, how do you know when to print? Well, the Federal Reserve sends us a letter. <laughs> would you print $2 million, billion, please? And he goes, boy, would you print my note, the U.S. note? And they go, well, sure, we're a printing house. We'll make money, a little bit of money on you, no matter what you do, okay? So he prints U.S. notes. And not long after, not long after, first, the, he pissed off the military-industrial complex by not continuing the war and helicopters and all that stuff. And then he pissed them off doubly. And then he started to say, we can't trust our intelligence agencies. Yeah, yeah. We got to look into that. And holy shit, I think I'm going to piss off some more people because they just hired my brother as the gen attorney general, and I'm going to have him get rid of crime, which is running half the government. Right. And guess the what? Guess what? Who's encountering that situation now? Can somebody, can somebody tell me? We had Lincoln. We had JFK. Now, Lincoln was shot in the head. JFK was heads blown off. What do we have now? We've got the same situation, Jerry. It looks that way to me. Yeah, let's, just, let's just hope that the, same, the, res, the result is <laughs> it's completely not, not the same. And I believe they've learned the lesson after two presidents were blown away. Two of our most impressive I mean, yeah, presidents. I mean. <laughs> now, I wish... I, look, we have, a pre we have a president that is in grave danger. There is no question about it. Now, I wish President, uh, president Trump were as eloquent as JFK, okay? okay? But what he traded for eloquence was, let's say, he's a lot more savvy and suspicious. Yeah, he doesn't smarter. trust anybody. Yeah, and I JFK was just kind of... JFK was such an optimist and, and wonderful, hopeful person, he didn't really think as bad about people as Trump does. Yeah, okay? I, I think Trump is a major strategist. I mean, he, he is a strategist. He's cunning and so on. And, and JFK was just a really nice guy and smart, student of history and so on, eloquent, was, beautiful to listen to. He was sleeping with Marilyn Monroe. Well, that's called smart. <laughs> Okay. So, Amongst others, right? <laughs> so, um, oh, look at men. Men are, men are just yeah. okay. voracious. But uh, Trump is being faced probably like never before by the deep state. Okay. What has the deep state done so far? Let's just, let's review some things. First of all, within three weeks of his own election, okay, um, the impeachment begins. I mean, come on, everybody. 
an impeachment begins three weeks after somebody's election? Do you think that was planned? Okay. And what was it based upon? The collusion with the Russians. Okay. Yeah. Now, I believe that just even promoting the collusion with the Russians, which Robert Mueller uh, carried out for for the, the, the DNC and, and the Democrats, I believe that it turned him, him into the babbling idiot that he now is, okay? Because the last appearance he made, and you haven't seen, I mean, would, I never expected to not see Robert Mueller in the everyday media. Yeah. You don't hear from Robert Mueller, Mueller again. Yeah. He is, his last going? appearance was answering some questions on do you, because the, Demo the Democrats, I think they, they blew it by choosing him to appear before Congress because they were trying to get, Robert Mueller, didn't you see something on yourself? And, don't, and he just goes, I didn't see any collusion with the Russians after I gathered all the information. Like, you idiot. They must have, they, you idiot. I, I mean, like, first, you've lost your mind because he didn't even know. He didn't even know. Um, do you remember who Fusion GPS is? Fusion GPS, no. Okay. Fusion, Fusion GPS. You guys have to look up Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS was the executor of the whole collusion plan with, um, with the FBI and the CIA oh, goons to pull off the impeachment, okay? Fusion GPS was the think tank that pulled off all the fake stuff, fake. Got it. The the the, the fake uh, accesses to uh, uh, to um, misinformation, the promotion of misinformation. Who was the FBI? What's his name? The FBI guy and his FBI mistress. Remember, um, oh. Robert. Mistress. Uh, yeah, he had two FBI agents, a male and a female, co-workers, right. and they were mistresses, okay. and I think he was married. It's escaping me. Yeah. Um, anyway, it'll, it'll, it'll come to me. In fact, it's probably here. Jeremy, may I, may I let you look at this? Because this is, those of you, you can download this from somewhere. It's, oh, you can download this. I don't know if people can see this. This is a chart. We'll put that up. We'll have that up. This chart Close up. is one of the most beautiful game plans of the takedown of the president and a country. Yeah. Okay? This is it. We'll, we'll, here's show the, we'll show it close. Here's the game plan. So you can download this too from the Epic Times. Okay. Epic one Times. of the promoters of information you're not allowed to see. And it's called the insurance policy. Interesting. And this is the insurance policy. It's, the game plan is the insurance policy. Okay. And on one side, it has President Barack Obama, a beloved president to many, mm -hmm. okay? And a, a, a nice guy, but you know what? When you join the deep state, you are theirs, okay? And when you don't join the deep state, 
you are eliminated. That's how it goes. Lincoln didn't join the deep state, he was eliminated. <coughs> JFK didn't join the deep state, he was eliminated. They don't think anything of it. Barack Obama, he wasn't eliminated, I don't have to tell you, he was a cooperator. And then I won't even call Hillary Clinton as a cooperator, I'll call her a, a downright leader, okay? And um, if you look at this, you'll see this. This will be the most mind-blowing things you've seen. And it's, it's quite early. It was made quite early. This chart really continues on till today. <coughs> Who's colluding who and with whom? And you have Hillary here, and you have Barack Obama here, and all the players. So it was, it was Peter Strzok. If you remember, and I think Peter's on here. Uh, oh, yes. Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. That's <coughs> Excuse me. They were central to the takedown uh, and impeachment attempt of President Trump. Unbelievable. Fusion GPS. And they wrote the famous dossier, the famous dossier, that accused President Trump of all this Russian collusion. It was all made up. This was like making a play, okay? And it was their insurance policy because they couldn't have somebody who wasn't playing deep state monopoly with them. And he still isn't. I mean, balls he has. I wish he could. Giant elephant. I, I wish okay. he could <clears throat> be as eloquent as JFK. But that's okay. And it doesn't make him so beloved, but all I can say is I'm willing to give up beloved for necessity. Okay? It's that simple. That's my philosophy. And I try to inform people about this. So we'll make that apparent to you. And um, I am seeing just literally within the last couple of months mm -hmm. an amazing, I don't know if I'm imagining this, Jer, an amazing turnover mm -hmm. in the thinking of the people in this society, okay? I am seeing people become aware of this. And especially, I think it was triggered by the recent, uh, the, the, the recent um, events in which something said, listen, we are so desperate to take down this non-game-playing, non-deep-state president idiot that we have and, and allow uh, terrorism to go on in our country, right. okay? So we've just had, you know, all the states have, not all the states, but the states, the governors, with governors who are Democrats, yes. they just must have got together and just said, we have got to create mayhem in the United States. Correct. And you know who we're gonna blame that mayhem on? The inability to control the United States? We're gonna blame that mayhem on President Trump. Because we have to do everything possible. Yeah. 
And then they brought in Black Lives Matter. And you know what, everybody? Black lives do matter to me, and so do all other lives. Absolutely. And, and, but the only thing is, I believe there was a little fakery and sleight of hand with this, you know, funding by billions to make this happen, a little George Soros uh, dineros thrown in, and we had this amazing revolt. And I just was thinking, hold it, wait, I agree that black lives matter too, but how come, how come our black president that we just had for eight years, how come he didn't mention it? I mean, wouldn't that be on his agenda? I mean, this is like, this this is your people. And- He does not even peep. And it's a, he was amazing to have, he got elected and it was a great accomplishment to have a black president, no question about it. But dude, how come you didn't, it should have been your card to play. He didn't hear anything about it. So now we're hearing it about it. Well, nothing worse, nothing worse happened from, from Barack Obama's uh, run. And all of a sudden, they want to blame this, that we not, that America is not treating blacks well uh, uh, during Trump. Well, this, this was all made up. Okay, and anybody who knows, I mean, I've talked to people, I have friends who know Trump. I mean, everybody said, holy geez, if there's anybody who doesn't even have, you know, he's too busy and has too much money to worry about discriminating against somebody, period. I mean, he just doesn't. He's got thousands of black workers with his, all all of his money-making schemes and things. So uh, that's all there is to it. I agree, agree. So, what else do we have? That's, what's what's going on now? We have the election. I think we should probably end with this because yeah. this is coming up. Absolutely. Um, you probably know our thinking, uh, and we. But what the scary mystery is for me is how this election will occur. So it can be anything from not occurring at all. Correct. And that concerns me because I know this is going to be the last stand. This is going to be the fireworks that's going to be created by the Democratic Party. They, they have to, okay? And the fireworks could be, could be dramatic. I hope it doesn't end in some kind of internal revolution or, 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 or you know, people hating people because we are a divided nation. No question about it. Um, I would say that I am also against mail-in votes. Okay? Absolutely. Now, why am I against mail-in votes? What do I know about voting? Well, I know from my contacts the inner information. And first of all, I will tell you, in my lifetime, I will tell you that voting fraud is so rampant that I wouldn't wouldn't even bet that 50% of the decisions made by so-called the American voter were really the real decisions. There is voter fraud from massive millions of fake mail-in votes that, you know, that claim they were whatever, they were citizens and could vote. There's tons of that going on. And I do know the electronic voting booth my friend, you can just dial in numbers from some secret office somewhere and make it whatever you want. Okay? And I don't know who runs that show. I do not know who runs that show. 
but it's not, it's, it's part of the deep state. And I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned but too. I believe because, you know, we never really, the American public was never really that alerted, maybe in a few areas to vote voter fraud, but now everybody knows this, you know, this is not, this is a scary area. Absolutely. And we have to monitor it. I would like to see, if I had my way, okay. if I were the head of voting in America, one, you have to show up, you have to give your fingerprint, Absolutely. you have to have a computer recognition recognize you and they it's got to be compared Fantastic. and we're going to take, take some time to examine every voter that shows up. And if you showed up with fraud, you get your, instead of a voter card, you get your card to go right to jail. Absolutely. That's what I would like to see. And with that, I hope you read between the lines and I hope that you do the right thing yep. and uh, look for perhaps some more information from us when this, uh, this talk is made. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, brother, for being on the show. And, you know, just, I hope everyone listens between the lines what just was said was uh, shared with you all because we live in very vital times right now so please wake up thank you robert and we'll see you soon you got it all right